0: dailycandy.com dot com editor and chief and founder Danny Levy and DailyCandy dot com CEO Pete Scheinbaum go on the record online.
1: There, there are so many press releases that come in that I've that, you know that I've already read about in let's say Vogue or in you know so really I mean if I want to get if I wanted to just give pointers I mean a it cannot have been written about before because you know Daily Candy one of the one of the crucial items for inclusion in the editorial is that it hasn't been written about before.
0: This is a very special interview with the founder and editor in chief of dailycandy.com. Her name is Danny Levy, and I talked to her with her CEO, Pete Scheinbaum. Uh, we talked about uh, how she built uh, her company from a startup to a uh, $125 million acquisition uh, by Comcast. We talked about um, how she uses email as uh, really the backbone for distribution for her new media empire. Uh, We talked about um, how the uh, current economy is impacting the lifestyle newsbeat, and she also told us uh, the best um, ways to pitch uh, stories for inclusion uh, to DailyCandy.com. All that and more after this.
2: Hi, this is Chris Bechtel. I'm Vice President of Products and Services for iPressroom, and I'm here to tell you about how you can use iPressroom to generate more press coverage for your company or your clients through your own custom online newsroom. I'm also here to tell you about a special offer for on-the-record online listeners. iPressroom is an online newsroom management service that you can log into and use to upload press releases, fact sheets, backgrounders, and biographies to your own online newsroom right from inside your company's existing website. You can also upload photos, videos, podcasts, launch as many blogs as you like, send RSS feeds and email campaigns, and even search optimize your online newsroom. And this all happens from your own branded online newsroom. iPressroom's online dashboard makes it easy for a PR person with no technical experience to communicate effectively on the web. To get more information, tweet me at Chris Bechtel or send email to info at iPressroom.com. To find out how iPressroom can give you the infrastructure you need to effectively conduct online PR campaigns, mention Daily Candy and get a 60 day free trial of our press release SEO wizard.
0: Danny Levy and Pete Scheinbaum from dailycandy.com, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank
0: you for having us. So, okay, so Danny, let's get the important stuff out of the way first. Uh, where did you grow up? Where did you go to school? What did your parents do? Are you married or single?
1: All right. Uh, I grew up in New York City, born and raised. Uh, I went to a place called... I went to Spence and then to Riverdale Country School. went to Brown University, uh, studied English and creative writing, and then uh, I'm, now, uh, I'm now dating someone in New York. And I'm sorry, I think that's, that's sort of my background.
0: Okay, because I know the girls are going to want to know, so I just want to get that out of the way.
1: Okay. <laughs> um,
0: and now let me ask you, I mean, how, how do you see the current economy impacting the lifestyle news beat? Uh,
1: Pete, you want to take that? Uh,
3: sure. Um, I think that uh, companies that have been uh, working over the past three, four, five years, on exploring new platforms to distribute their content, uh, will be very uh, well-positioned to, to survive in sort of the down economy. Um, as sort of media consumption habits have been changing over the past decade, uh, there have been people that have been very proactive, and uh, some that have been more reactive. And the ones that have been proactive, including Daily Candy, who started sort of a new distribution platform almost a decade ago, Uh, are very well positioned as traditional media outlets are having more trouble, uh, especially in a down economy.
0: Well, let's talk about that for a minute. So, you know, the digerati would say that Twitter is wired and email is tired. But, Danny, you built an online media empire from scratch uh, that was acquired by Comcast for $125 million using email as your backbone. So, you know, what was, what was your experience with email before you launched DailyCandy.com? And, and, and how is creating content for an email newsletter different than creating content for print?
1: Okay. Well, a couple things. I think it's, it's important to note that, that, you know, Daily Candy began in 2000 and, you know, has, has basically, you know, pri- email is our primary platform today. Um, but really, we we exist on on several different platforms. We do, you know, we do have a, a strong web presence. Um, we do do mobile, and you know, essentially, back in late '99, when I was poking around the internet and really knew very little, it just struck me that email was just a very interesting tool to deliver to deliver information that was you know short and concise and to the point, and it was you know the push model. Made it so simple for people to receive their information rather than having to go out and get their information. The idea of pushing it to their inbox was novel. Um, granted, that's you know that's become a hell of a lot more common, but you know back then it was it was it was it was not often done. Now, in terms of producing content for email, I think the the length and the sort of brevity of email is really conducive to um, creating content that's short and to the point. That's you know terse. That's really um, not going to waste the user's time because right now, you know, I was, I was aware of this when I created Daily Candy that users were becoming more and more short on time and they really just wanted the pertinent information delivered to them, you know, in a short, concise way that got them in and out, uh, hopefully made them smile, was written in an intelligent, entertaining way um, and really kind of got the job, the job done in the most efficient manner possible.
0: Now, obviously, since you've launched, uh, you know, there's advertising, and so you've got the editorial content and the advertising content. How do you, I guess, how do you balance the needs of your advertisers against the expectations of your subscribers? How,
1: I that. How do we balance
0: the what of our advertisers? How, how do you balance uh, the needs of your advertisers, you know, what they're coming to you for, against uh, what uh, the people who subscribe to the, to, the, to the various emails expect to get from you? Because I mean, well, I think, and I'll let Pete, you guys are—you know—I I'll,
1: I'll, I'll let you expound on this, but I'll say that you know I think that we have we have succeeded very well in doing both because what we've done, again, which was which was you know a, a sort of uh, you know novel thing at the time is we've married the needs of the advertisers to the you know the desires of our consumers. Basically, we try and craft messages for our advertisers that, you know, that relate, that that, that the user can relate to. We, you know, we we help, we work hand-in-hand with our advertisers to, you know, to work, you know, to work on their, their creative so that it will appeal to our readers in an effective way.
3: One thing that I'll jump in here for a second is that Daily Candy's never received money directly for any of the editorial that we write. There's a church and state that is very, very dear to our company. Um, But what we've been able to do is attract a demographic and a psychographic that our marketing partners really want to speak to. And we educate our marketing partners on the best way to do it because we do it every day in our editorial. So we brainstorm with them. We work hand-in-hand on trying to figure out the best way to uh, deliver the messages that they would like to our readers uh, in a way which we think will be well-received. So it's really been a partnership from the beginning, but most importantly, when you have approaching 2.8 million subscriptions on your list but very narrow demographic and psychographic our marketing partners know that this particular platform is very very effective and efficient for them to get to these readers and they really can't find that anywhere else
1: yeah well, and Pete, when Pete if, when uh, this... touches on a good point and that's that you know I I, I had the benefit of, of I don't know if you know this Eric but I, I, I was born out of a print background sort of an old-school uh, print background so Church and state, you know, editorial and advertising have always been. You know, it, there's been a very. You know, I've made i made sure to make sure that the delineation is very clear and that the editorial is really the backbone of this operation. But uh, one, of things, one of the things,
0: one of the things that uh, that Pete mentioned that I'd like to pick up on, is you know the aesthetic of Daily Candy is really part. of, You know, its, it's brand is is as much the editorial content as as the look of the site. And, and you mentioned that, you know, you sort of help the advertisers sort of, I guess, window dress their brands. I, I don't know if that's a, appropriate. I don't want to put words in your mouth. But, I mean, I've got to think there's a lot of uncool advertisers, and we don't need to name any names here, that come to you and say, hey, make us cool. And so I guess, you know, they're getting not just, uh, you know, the ability to run alongside uh, the content, but also the ability to, to sort of get window dressing. Is that true?
1: Um, you know, I, I would be, I would be hesitant. I, you know, we definitely. I'm, I'm very proud of the Daily Candy aesthetic, and I do agree it's something that's very important to the brand and it's very distinct. Uh, we would never want to change an advertiser's brand aesthetic. So, you know, really, it's it's a matter of we're help, we're willing to help them in any way, shape, or form if they if they want our assistance. But, you know, really, the 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 core thing is making sure that both the product is is something that would appeal to our readers and the way in which the message is delivered is something that speaks to our readers. I'd so we really are not in, we're not we're not in the business of re, you know, of remaking an advertiser's brand image.
0: I'd be interested to know um, from so both of you uh, what media outlets are you reading and uh, you know what TV shows are you watching? I mean who who are your influencers?
1: Oh, uh, you know, it's really I try and read as much as I can. It's it's changed from a, you know, a personal sort of Quest to to now just trying to trying to know what's going on and, and making sure that daily candy remains you know relevant, not repetitive, not you know not not writing about things that have been written about before. I personally like the British press a lot. I find it interesting because I can source a lot of good ideas there. Uh, Japan, I think, has some interesting uh, media as well. Uh, Pete, you want to take that?
3: Sure. Um, you know, I try to consume pretty much uh, everything from. Um, following people on Twitter to, you know, traditional mainline print television radio, uh, just to make sure I, I, I am attuned to how these platforms are evolving, not only for my own personal consumption, but on how Daily Candy needs to think about these, you know, quote-unquote competitors and making sure that we stay uh, uh, in the game, so to speak. You know, we, as I said before, never wanted to be the first mover in any big dramatic shift in the media space. But we also wanted to make sure that we um, didn't miss anything. Um, if it is successful, so from my perspective, the the consumer media, uh, everything from from blogging to um, uh, 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 more traditional outlets having editors and others post in a, in a more structured format, um, to to again what the New York Times, New York Magazine, L.A. Times, uh, you know the news channels on cable and network are doing. Um, both on air and online, all of these things sort of influence how we are trying to craft Daily Candy for the future. You know, we're a lifestyle brand, and we want to maintain our relevancy uh, for our audience. And that's not only coming up with terrific editorial content, but delivering in a way which uh, our users are demanding. And since that's changing very rapidly, um, we need to change with it.
0: What are your Twitter IDs if uh, listeners want to follow you?
3: Well, I think um, it's uh, uh, on the Twitter side, and I'm sort of fascinated by the model, I haven't quite figured out the business model yet for them, but from a consumption perspective, it's everybody else says it's microblogging. It's being able to distribute uh, a very small bit of information to a group of people very, very quickly. And the funny thing is it's exactly what Daily Candy did 10 years ago with email. It's just a different platform. One person is posting their thoughts to a group of people who subscribe to that person's thoughts and would like to get that information on their handheld device that's always in their pocket. Um, That's the Daily Candy model. Uh, That's what we did years ago. So that's why we are so happy that the model is continuing to evolve with different devices uh, and different lengths. Uh, I think it's it's a tremendous thing that um, this has become such a popular platform. And for us, if our editors have a thought in their head, and we decide to pursue a, a Twitter model uh, at some point with a part of our, our, our content strategy, then why not distribute the fact that a sample sale is going on in New York or there's a particular club that's doing something special or a new designer is coming out with a line that nobody knows about. And that could be distributed even faster than a once-a-day email or on a post on a website. Danny, are you on Twitter?
1: I am. Um, I, my, my username is Teensy. Can you spell it? He is in Tom, Edgar, Edgar, Nancy, Y.
3: Great. You're about to get a lot of followers, Danny.
1: <laughs> okay. but I, will, I will tell you that I really have been – I've been remiss about, you know, posting things. So
0: um, since you're a new media outlet, I have to think that uh, your editorial staff are pretty new media savvy. Um, how important is it that there be something to link to for each story that you cover – I mean, if a company has like a static website or no current information about whatever it is they're pitching you, does that impact your editorial decision?
1: you bring up you bring up a really good point. Um, and that's that and that's that you know daily candy is essentially quote unquote, you know in the realm of new media. At the same time, we are a local, you know a large part of our business model is based on local businesses. So in our city editions, you know we try and make each each of you know of the cities that we publish in, we try and make it really unique to that market. So Los Angeles doesn't feel like Atlanta, doesn't feel like London, doesn't feel like Miami. So in our local markets, we try really hard to feature a lot of brick and mortar um, businesses. And in our Everywhere Edition and in our Deals Edition and in our travel edition, we link to a lot of websites. So in the in the local markets, you know, we we, we really it's, it's something we discuss a lot in our editorial meetings, how important it is to stay true to that city's you know sort of what's going on on the streets not it's easy to fall into the sort of pardon me for saying this but a little it gets a little lazy if you're constantly linking to a website we really encourage our users to get out on the streets and still experience their city as as a living breathing thing
0: um, you know obviously we, we were talking earlier about uh, uh, newspapers going belly up weekly and you um, uh, you know, obviously they're all being undercut by the by the web as a as a delivery channel. How do you think the web is going to impact the fashion magazines category? Do you do you think uh, fashion magazines are going to be undercut or are they safe?
1: I'll let Pete take that
3: one. Sure. Um, I don't think that. Well, first, I don't think that any model is truly safe because the world is moving very quickly. Um, you know even today uh, out in Colorado the Rocky Mountain News which has been a newspaper that's been around for 150 years is shuddering because scripts couldn't find a buyer for it so that kind of a, of a, a platform which has more of a, a commodity news uh, 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 business um, you know pulling up some AP stories and others is a little bit more at risk than someone who has a very strong brand and creates a lot of their own now one of the things that, uh, um, daily Candy has been known for, and some of the fashion publications have been known for, is having a very high-quality brand, which people trust and respect. That's the most important thing. And they have uh, the ability to create content daily, weekly, or, as, or monthly, depending on, on the frequency of the publication. So from a fashion magazine perspective, um, I think that strong fra- fashion brands will remain, and they will continue to go out and source uh, good content and have opinions about uh, fashion trends, styles, directions, and they will continue to evolve their platform. So will they rely as heavily on the print glossy publication? Probably not. Um, I think it will be a complement to a suite of products that they'll offer, uh, but that product offering will have to include different ways for their marketing partners to reach the people that are consuming that media both in print, online, uh, on their cell phones or PDAs, or on other platforms altogether. So I think that um, nobody is truly safe if they remain stagnant in their model and the belief that if I print it, they will come. Um, But I do believe that the ones that do evolve and have strong uh, brands will uh, continue to succeed.
0: So I was having lunch yesterday at the Ivy with my former uh, assistant, who now um, cuts seven-figure advertising deals for Reuters without breaking a sweat. And um, I should also say that Scarlett Johansson walked by, and she did, for a split second, look at me. I was not invisible. Um, And she was sort of coaching me on, you know, the types of things that would be interesting for people in advertising to know about Daily Candy. I'm not an advertising person. I don't really know that world too well. But one of the things she said is she said, you know, uh, the word is that daily candy is expensive to run with to run ads with, but worth it. Um, what does it mean, and what does it mean it 's worth it? like How is the value quantified?
3: Sure um, you know we have a very large audience, like I said, approaching two point eight million subscriptions, but the demographics and psychographics are very very narrow I mean the age range they 're young they 're single they 're educated they 've got disposable income. Uh, it's very, very narrow. So when a marketing partner comes to us and they would like to purchase advertising on Daily Candy, they know that it's going to hit the right target. Uh, and the message, when crafted in a relevant way, will be very, very effective, meaning people will, will respond to whatever they want them to respond to. It could be going to a website. It could be buying a product. It could be changing someone's perception about a product or quote unquote their purchase intent of a product. All of these things you can measure and track, uh, and we do. And when advertisers run with us, um, they typically have very, very positive results. Now, because we don't have a tremendous amount of inventory as Reuters, for example, or other websites that might have millions and and millions or billions of pages a month on a a website platform, there's a scarcity of real estate, so to speak, on Daily Candy. We publish once a day uh, in all of our markets. There are certain spots that are available for that day, but that's it. So while some sites have a tremendous amount of inventory, our inventory on the email product has been limited. So if you couple the the strong response that our readers have, the marketing messages, with the scarcity, it affords us the ability to charge a premium. And, yes, we are not cheap, but um, uh, because our advertising is so effective, uh, it warrants the kind of rates that we're able to secure.
0: What, what kind of attrition rates, from an advertising standpoint, are you looking at?
3: From an advertiser? I mean, are advertisers coming or going? Yes. Is that what you mean by attrition for yes. advertisers? Yes. Uh, we have a very, very high uh, renewal rate, um, 60 or 70% uh, over the past couple of quarters. Um, we, we don't feel like our advertisers are leaving us at all. Now, the economy is very challenging, so while they might not be spending... Uh, as much as they had been in previous quarters, because the budgets are being changed. They're not walking all the all the way together. In fact, like your friend talked to you at lunch, um, it's worth it. And when an advertiser is launching a new product or supporting a brand, and the need to reach uh, that many women uh, in urban areas and across the country very, very quickly, I mean, this happens in a moment, uh, it is a very, very powerful tool. If a movie's opening, uh, if a new fashion line is coming out, if a new cosmetic is coming out from a, from a, um, a company, then they want to uh, have a, a very, very big launch. And also for companies that want to support brands that are very, very strong but might need a little bit of polishing, so to speak. And Pe are what the kind kinds of, um, of campaigns that we're running.
0: Pete, what kind of email open rates and click-through rates can advertisers expect to achieve if, if they run with dailycandy.com?
3: You know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that really depends on the campaign, so there's not a specific metric that I can say um, that they can expect. Obviously, if you're running a campaign, that might have a very high promotional aspect to it, meaning a discount on a product. You could have, you know, tremendous click-through rates, which you don't see anywhere else. On an open-rate perspective, um, you know, it, it could have something to do with the subject line. It could have something to do with the, the seasonality of the business. But from our perspective, I mean, when we talk to our marketing partners, um they are buying the demographic and the psychographic, or access to them. Um, Again, we've never sold or rented any of our names, so that's sort of another one of our our tenants. Uh, So if an advertiser comes to us and says, I'd like to spend X, and for X I'd like Y, as long as we deliver Y, they don't really care if one person opens it up, 10 million people open it up, or somewhere in the middle. Um, They really look for the response that they're getting uh, as they measure the effectiveness of the campaign after the fact. So I know the industry averages are typically very low for email. I could say that ours are probably four or five times the industry averages. Um, And click-through rates range from industry average uh, rates for traditional internet media to probably anywhere from 15 to 20 percent for certain campaigns. For us, Uh, those rates are because we've delivered the right message to the right audience uh, at the right time, and uh, our advertisers are, are are typically surprised but then very pleased. Uh, with the outcomes.
0: So after lunch at the Ivy, I went next door to Chanel to pick up a lip gloss for my wife. And according to the guy at the counter, who's the makeup specialist, Equinox 107 is the hot color. And it was a ghost town in there. And then I went across the street to Kits and Kids to pick up something for my friend's daughters because we were going over there for dinner. And it was a ghost town in there. And um, there was that uh, feature in Sunday Styles a couple weeks ago uh, about the New York jet set. You know, try, how, how are they going to survive on $500,000 a year? Written by uh, Alan Salkin, who writes for Sunday Styles. I, yeah. I wonder, um, you know, I, I've got to think. I mean, we all have this image, Danny, of you jet setting around the world, uh, you know, with the rich and famous. <laughs> and I, I wonder, are, are people starting to, to substitute California sparkling wine for champagne?
1: um you know i've never been one to hang out really with the champagne crowd as it were um but from what i've observed um in my my little wire um you know (laughs) observer position uh you know i think that people are definitely approaching the the way they consume with a more sober head um i think that people are still spending to a certain degree but not with the with the sort of uh Sort of flair that they were before. So I think that you know I'm not really interested. You know, as 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 the founder of Daily Candy, I'm not really interested in that crowd. But you know, in the jet set crowd, as it were, um, I'm more interested in the the sort of you know upper scale average consumer um, because I think that Daily Candy is is meant to appeal to a woman who likes to shop and and ideally, you know, has some disposable income but at the same time, you know, we really try and keep it as it I don't mean to sort of give you platitude, but keep it real as it were, so that, you know, across across all the different demographics that we are reaching at different times, you know, there is an aspect of daily candy that is aspirational. And we 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 like to keep that part of our demographic there. You know, the the sort of hungry college student that wants to know that it's just, you know, just getting into all of this or the young editorial assistant at Condé Nast who's earning, you know, God knows, you know, in the, in the, in the low 20s or 30s. Um, you know, we, we try and really keep it, keep it uh, you know, keep it sane.
0: <laughs> We've been talking to Jamie. I mean, oh, I'm the sorry, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Pete.
3: I'm sorry. No, no, I was going to say that one of the things that uh, has been great about both the relationship that I had with Danny and the, the way the company started is that we didn't raise any money for the company or very, very little. Um, we weren't a a typical dot com business plan that gets shopped around Silicon Alley or Valley and gets a big valuation right away and then goes out and spends it on whatever the got. have to out. We had nothing. We had a distributed office. We were um, don't tell anybody this, but we were stealing fund up from Starbucks. You know all the things that a startup should be doing now and has been doing over the past couple of years, but we were doing this in the middle of the dot com bust. Yeah,
1: that that's is the really the ethic it. that Pete and I to That's really the to ethic that.
3: Yeah, that's really the ethic that Danny and I put together from the beginning with our company. Really, it's something that sort of spilled a little bit into the editorial and the target. You know, the women that subscribe the Daily Candy will, you know, love to find a, a, a great handbag to buy at a reasonable price point, but they'll also walk two extra blocks to save 10 cents on a bottle of seltzer water. So that's sort of a things. dynamic. Yeah, exactly. So that's sort of a dynamic that we keep as part of the Daily Candy culture, but also finds its way into our perspective in the writing.
0: So do you guys think the economic downturn represents an opportunity for startups to displace incumbents?
3: Can you do that again? Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. Do you think <laughs>
0: that uh, you know, the down economy represents uh, an opportunity for other startup companies to displace uh, incumbents?
3: Um, I think it's going to be very challenging for them if they try because when they're looking to get support, from their backers or from the markets that might not be there right away. What I think it's going to allow is for the companies that have been prudent for the past, you know, three, four, five years that have strong brands, that have a good, solid business model that already are out there. Those are the companies that are going to emerge on the other side of the recession very, very well positioned. We've been investing a tremendous amount over the past six months, hiring people, and trying to build uh, an even stronger foundation for daily candy with the support of comcast who has been a terrific partner of ours uh... to make sure that when things do turn around and we are very optimistic that they will uh... we are going to not only you know, continue to be in the lead in our space but extend that lead and go after some areas that we've never played in before
0: final question danny um... there are a lot of companies and a lot of pr people who would like to get their products or brands or companies or restaurants or fashion labels considered for coverage, for editorial coverage in DailyCandy.com, what is the formula for the perfect DailyCandy.com pitch, and how should they get those pitches to you?
1: Um, I wish I could answer this simply, but I will say there is no perfect formula. I think that, you know, unfortunately for publicists, most of our most of our really great items come from our editors just being out and about, and you know that's really you know, I get a little disappointed when I see a pitch. You know, there's there so many press releases that come in that I've you know that I've already read about in let's say Vogue or in you know. So really, I mean, if I want to get if I wanted to just give pointers, I mean, a it cannot have been written about before because you know, Daily Candy, one of the one of the crucial items for inclusion in the editorial is that it hasn't been written about before. I would say, you know, keep it short to the point. Uh, Everyone's reading, we we field, you know, thousands and thousands of pitches. And, you know, really, really, for anyone, you know, anyone who knows Daily Candy and reads Daily Candy, as I would hope people who are pitching it do, think about what they would want, what they would expect to see, the level of quality they would expect to read, and keep them subscribed to Daily Candy. And if it fits that criteria, we'll then go for it. Uh, And the address is tips at dailycandy.com.
0: You know, I, I, one more. I just want to sneak in one more. Sure. Do you go to Fashion Week, Danny?
1: You know, I do not. A lot of a lot of our editors do, um, and they're you know they definitely we, we've now published we now published something called the Daily Candy Dossier, which is a more immediate up to you know sort of what's going on in Fashion Week, both in you know in New York, in Los Angeles, in London. So I you know I, I used to go to a lot of fashion shows now. In My ripe old age, <laughs> I you know I definitely work with my editors who are who are really passionate about what's going on on the runway, um, and they, they they love it.
0: So I, I'm interested to know, and, and Pete, I hope you'll get you'll let her be a little snarky here. Um, when when okay. when the Daily Candy uh, reporter, you know, goes for credentials at one of the press tents. I mean, we saw the pictures of Anna Wintour sitting next to, I think Deirdre Rogers, who's the social secretary for. Um, uh, the First Lady was sitting right you near. Know, I wonder, like, where does Daily Candy sit? Is Daily Candy front row? Is it next to Wint- Anna Wintour? And what is sort of the attitude of the mainstream fashion media towards Daily Candy? Do they see it as sort of, you know, a, 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 a competitor, or as part of the team?
1: I think they, well, A, the attitude of our, I'll answer that, two parts of that question. One, the attitudes of our editors when they are rsvp to a fashion show is most likely not to announce themselves you know, in a, in a, you know, demand a good seat or, or be out, you know, it's, it's really, we are, we are there to not, people watch as much as really, you know, get, you know, it's not about the, the, the clout thing. Um, and so I think that for the most part, to answer the second part of your question, print media and other, you know, old guard media definitely use Daily Candy as a competitor because we have the ability, because we have such a strong, proactive user base that really responds to our missives. And because of the ability to essentially scoop all other forms of media, uh, not all of it, but, but print especially, um, I think that they definitely view us as competitive and a threat. But Danny, it's, all, it's, all good, it's all good sportsmanship. You know, it's, it's, it's made the best man win.
0: Danny Levy, founder and editor-in-chief of DailyCandyArt.com, and Pete Scheinbaum, CEO of Dailycandygot.com. Thank you so much for joining me.
3: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.